Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Wednesday, June 23rd, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Hello all, welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Brett Goodman. And I'm Tara Bolcher. We come to you three times a week and bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We are going to be talking about the Spirit in First Peter. But before we discuss that, let us begin with a prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, it was your Spirit that hovered over the waters of chaos and called all of creation into being. It was your spirit that Jesus told us would remain with us and be our advocate. And it is your spirit that speaks and guides us still. Gracious God, we give you thanks for your Holy Spirit. And we pray that we would discern where and when you speak to us. And we ask this all in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Our scripture comes from 1 Peter chapter 3, 13 through 22. Listen for a word from God. Now who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear and do not be intimidated, but in your hearts sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear so that when you are maligned, those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if suffering should be God's will, than to suffer for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were saved through water. And baptism, which this prefigured, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. Brett, how is Christ made alive in the Spirit? And what does it mean that the Spirit made proclamation to the spirits in prison? So I think Christ is made alive in the spirit. When it's talking about Christ being made alive in the spirit, that's talking about how Christ is made alive to us. Mm -hmm. That as we read on Monday, that we are not left alone without Jesus, that the spirit still dwells with us. And through the power of the spirit, through who the spirit is, we know Jesus more intimately because Otherwise, it's just words on a page. Otherwise, it's just scripture. But it's through the reading and the experience of worship and scripture and community and the Holy Spirit that Christ is made alive anew to us every single day. 
and what it means that the Spirit made proclamation to the spirits in prison, I think it, it can relate to two things. This is a passage that's been, you know, debated and written about by lots of people smarter than I am. And there's kind of two things that it's drawn on. It could be in relation to when it talks about Noah, that there is kind of that really strange passage that talks about angels coming down uh, and co-creating with humans. And so there's kind of these half angel, half human things that are not pleasing. Uh, So it could be referring to those and them being in this sort of prison, or it could just be referring to those who have died before Christ, before baptism. Either way, whether it's these half angel things or just humans who have lived before Christ, the reality is is that God's grace can touch people and touch things and touch realities beyond our comprehension. There's nothing that is outside the reach of the grace and the love of Jesus Christ, be it time, be it death, be it life, be it some sort of half-angel creation thing. God's love reaches through to every single aspect of creation. Yes, and that also reminds me of the much, I think, um, questioned part of the Apostles' Creed that said Jesus Christ descended into hell. Um, Part of the reason for that part of the Apostles' Creed is the Mm -hmm. idea that there were people who died before they could even know Christ, and Christ came into the world. And so there's this idea that even to them, Christ goes. Um, And I find that to be a great comfort. Um, Because if Christ reaches out even to those who are dead, I have to believe that Christ also reaches out to most anyone, Um, to those who refuse to believe, those who are too troubled to believe, that Christ is there and available to all of humanity. And so I do, I think that's what that talks about here in this place. Um, And, you know, the idea is that if you know Christ, it is because of the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not because you had a great preacher. It's not even because you had lovely parents who brought you up in the faith. It is always because of the work of the Holy Spirit bringing people into relationship with Christ. That should actually be a comfort to everyone. Um, We are certainly called to proclaim the good news, but any work that brings people to faith is always the work of the Holy Spirit. And as we talked about on Monday, the Holy Spirit works in creative and new ways. And the ways that the Holy Spirit brings someone to faith is probably going to look vastly different than how I'm brought to faith. It's prob- it, can, it can totally look different than how Presbyterians are brought to faith, that the work of the Spirit throughout the world in different cultures and different lands and different countries and different languages is going to manifest itself in new ways. And that points us to the multiplicity of who God is, that God is someone who reaches out in new and exciting and creative ways. And as humans, we need to make sure that we encourage that and don't hinder it. Yes, that's. Um, it makes me think, you know, I don't want to say that, like, you know, faithful parents who teach the faith to their children aren't doing anything. They're actually in the flow of, I think, what God's will is for the world. And I do think that there are people who grieve the spirit, and that would Mm. be people who make it difficult for those who believe. Um, I can't remember who said it, but there is the idea that, you know, God's will will be done, 
And we can either be a part of that and get to have the joy of bringing that more fully, or we can grieve the spirit and make it more difficult. Mm. I know which side I want to be on. Um, and so that's why I've taught my children the faith. Um, that's why um, I believe it's important to preach and love and all those things. Um, do I think God could do it anyway? Yes. Do I also think it's the greatest gift of my life that I might get to be a little bit of a part of it? Mm-hmm. I really do. Hmm. <laughs> and oftentimes it's when we, uh, I think when we keep a distance from people who are experiencing the spirit different from us, that mm-hmm. is when we uh, are more likely to hinder it. But when we speak and we hear the experience of how the spirit is working in someone's life, even if it's different than what we th- once thought how God worked, uh, then that changes us and that opens us up to a new idea of who God is, which is why testimony and proclamation, again, not preachers, but followers, is so important, not just to those who have yet to experience Christ, but those who have and get to know God more personally. There's this really um, great story of one of the saints of our church, Janelle Bates, who has passed away. And she um, she was always a leader in the church um, in a time when women's leadership wasn't really recognized. And she told me about when she finally came around to the idea that women should be ordained. And she said it was um, in the 60s and she was at this church conference. And the church had been going on and on about how, you know, there weren't enough ministers. We needed to work to get people in seminaries. And she was all on board with that. And then the next day, they're talking about the ordination of women. And Janelle said that, like, in her mind just popped the phrase, feed my sheep, Mm -hmm. that Jesus says, feed my sheep. And she said it suddenly became clear to her, if there are people who are hungry for the word of God, who am I to put up a barrier to who might give that to them? And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And the work of the Holy Spirit is also that she came back and became an advocate for the ordination of women and welcomed me as their first, you know, senior pastor. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just love that idea of the Spirit, that voice that just pops up in your head and connects the dots. You know, while let's, I'm going to share another story of a congregant who shared the story and asked not to be named, but uh, there was the. They were help, they were helping lead a, a group uh, within the church, and the group was studying a curriculum from the denomination that looked at female aspects of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and half the group was very uncomfortable and wanted to not do that and wanted to leave uh, the group yeah. over that or start a new curriculum. Curriculum, and she, <laughs> what she said was. You know, this isn't something willy-nilly. You know, this is something that has been prayed over and thought about by our leaders and that we can trust that the Holy Spirit works through our community. Um, yes. And so that idea of you know, we're not doing faith alone, but the Holy Spirit doesn't just work through me, but the Spirit works through my community at mm-hmm. large. Uh, and I think that's just another lovely testimony of how uh, those who, who participated in the study were able to understand a new aspect of God that formerly they were maybe a little uncomfortable with or didn't understand, and now they have this more holistic idea of who God's beauty is. Yes. Love that. 
All right, y'all. If you are still with us, thank you for sticking with us. <laughs> Might need some heavy ed- yeah. editing with this. Yeah. Thing. No. Our quote today comes from the reformer Martin Luther. He says, Either sin is with you, lying on your shoulders, or it is lying on Christ, the Lamb of God. Now, if it is lying on your back, you are lost. But if it's resting on Christ, you are free, and you will be saved. Now choose what you want. Woo, Martin Luther. (laughs) All right, friends, have a great rest of the week. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is upon you. Amen. Amen.